you have reached the real dirt. On today's episode of The Real Dirt, I speak to Socrates Rosenfeld of I Heart Jane. They're the next generation of online marketing of cannabis with real-time inventory. That means that you can search what your local dispensary has right now and go and get a sec. But it's a great conversation about entrepreneurship, business. Uh, he's a really enthusiastic dude, and I really appreciate him joining us. Hope you sit back and smoke a fat one and enjoy this episode of The Real Dirt. Download it at therealdirt.com or on iTunes, The Real Dirt Podcast. All right, once again, here we are. This is The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. Today, I have Socrates from I Heart Jane. Hey, how's it going, Socrates? It's going great, man. Oh, man, I'm, I'm glad to have you in here. Uh, Socrates is an entrepreneur and has developed one of the, the first online marketplaces for cannabis. And I'm going to call it the next generation I of like online marketplaces. I like it. Right? I like it, man. How are you doing today, Socrates? Doing great. Loving Denver, as always. Yeah, Socrates is coming from one of my favorite places in the universe, Santa Cruz, California. Surf City, USA. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, wow, the whole world wants to live in Santa Cruz, <laughs> it seems, doesn't it, it? It seems like that in the summer, that's yeah, for sure. right, the line of traffic on the weekends, oh, holy yeah. hell, man. Yeah. But it, it's a beautiful place. It is, it has the, um, the confluence of technology up north with silicon valley mm -hmm. obviously the surfing the outdoors and yeah in my opinion is one of the best places for cannabis you're right on all those aspects man silicon valley really has like changed santa cruz from this like real i'm really politely saying this i'm not offending mm. anyone here when i say a rotten beach town <laughs> right because if you live there you know it's kind of like falling apart you know the termites are eating all the wood there <laughs> <laughs> it's got uh, it's got character it has yeah, character yeah, yeah. silicon valley's brought a lot of finances, resources, money mm. into the area has changed it quite a bit in the past 20 years. Yeah. Um, the surfing there is unprecedented. It's good, really. Man. Yeah. And I think the, the locals do a, a really good job of keeping everybody out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, making it clear that, hey, this is Santa Cruz. And when you come here, you got to embrace the culture. Keep it weird. Yeah. Keep it weird. Keep it weird. That's it, man. Oh, yeah. Totally. I, I learned how to surf up in Humboldt. Right? Nice. And, uh, you know, it's all five mil wetsuits up there all year round all year round it actually feels warmer in the winter time than it does the summer because it's like 50 degrees outside and 56 degrees in the water right like so, a warm bath, yeah yeah right? right you're like oh i warmed up a little bit right <laughs> and uh, uh there's nobody up there right no. you know you like run into people you know on the break and you know everybody's passing joints and right you know bottles of water or looking at the great whites or seals or whatever right. and we go down to Santa Cruz and it's a little bit different. Just a little bit. Right? Yeah. It's definitely more competitive. Yes. Uh, there's a lot more of the locals only attitude for sure. Yeah. In some places. And, you know, at some level, I, no one likes to be yelled at. But on, on some level, I respect the fact that this is their... Get off my wave, you fucking grom. <laughs> yeah. That's not, you know, <laughs> perhaps there could be a better way of communicating it. Yeah, but, right, uh, right, right, right. But right. I, I respect the fact that this is their backyard and absolutely. we're kind of in their backyard. So No, absolutely. I lived on Pleasure Point for a while and uh, I would... 
I would see the segregation. Yeah, right. Right? You get out on the point wave, right? And, like, there's, like, five dudes out there. Yeah, exactly. And, right? And then you, like, come towards the beach break wave, like I'll call guys it. There. And there's, like, 30 guys yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yep. No, it hasn't changed, man. It hasn't changed. Right. Uh, and, it, and it has a great weed history, too, oh, Santa man. Cruz. I'm really just getting into it. But it's it goes way back. Yeah. Uh, you have a... Uh, collective Wham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the first collectives in the country in 93, I think. Or Wim, women, what is it? Wham, women of medical marijuana, women? Yeah, it's now it's uh, Woe Men's. So it's oh, kind of, it's, oh, right. it encompasses everyone. Um, right. But Val and her team up there. Valerie, do, right, yeah, right. They do a great job there. They're on Jane, so. Oh, uh, great. Yeah, we're really happy to support them and partner with them. Great. Yeah, I'd love to get her on here, man. She's had such like a, a long history oh, in the story. medical cannabis industry mm. and um, uh, when we first moved to California, we worked with them for a while and, uh, just as like volunteers or something, she wouldn't remember me. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I always, uh, she was one of the first, uh, women cannabis organizations. Yeah. Right? I mean, and, and like back then, not only being in cannabis, but also being, uh, a woman in the industry is, she's a pioneer, man. And Absolutely. Yeah. She's really, it's, it's great to learn from her and that's, and you find people like that with that same kind of mentality in Santa Cruz. In the cannabis industry and outside of it, but really kind of like, I want to create something. And so it's a fun place to be, certainly mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur. Yeah, I feel like we need, we're going to need surf guitar for this uh, episode. We're going to have to work on that <laughs> Some one. Dick Dale or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, yeah. Um, and Santa Cruz is also the uh, where the original Hayes was, was The Hayes Brothers. Right, the Hayes Brothers. That's right, Brothers, man. Right, right outside in the mountains there. I, um... I'm sure we'll get to it, but I'm, for the first time, I'm, I'm growing my own plants for the first time. All right. Congratulations. Yeah. Awesome, dude. And it's, uh, for many different reasons, really quite an amazing experience. But I realized in Santa Cruz, you can't really make too many mistakes. It's, you know, Mother <laughs> Nature there takes care of itself. It's almost perfect, man. It really is. It's uh, get this really beautiful sun in the afternoon with that ocean breeze coming off the coast in the morning. It's, it's perfect, man. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and the mountains behind it are, are are even better because you don't get that coastal fog influence. Yeah, right. Yeah, so exactly. It, it stays a bit drier, yeah. and you've got tons of uh, grapes grown up in the mountains behind there, up to uh, Bonnie Dune, all the way down to Carlitos. Yeah, it's man. really a great environment. Grapes and olives are often an indicator species for cannabis. They have similar oh, maturation cool. times, similar water requirements. Mm. I also feel there's a similar cultural heritage around grapes and olives. Yeah, weed, yeah, right. Um, you're talking. To, I'm Greek, so oh right. All I right. imagine the Mediterranean at one point was oh yeah, totally filled with you know totally orchards and well, you know, I mean, Morocco is is one of the like most well known hash produce historic hash producing yeah. places in in the world. Yeah, right. And uh, they're on the Mediterranean there. Yeah, right. And uh, Italy is one of the. Uh, most hash consuming countries <laughs> i did not know that in europe yeah yeah totally lots of hash smoked over there cool right uh but uh lebanon you know they were known for hash production and hash transportation yep. selling smuggling for for a number of years yep. yeah it's just that coastal influx to keep the temperature down a little bit but like you get the coastal mountains right behind the maritime environment is drier yeah. with a little bit more elevation. Yeah, man. It, it is perfect. Yeah. It is perfect. Well, it seems like, hey, that's been a great podcast. We'll just end it right there. <laughs> Brought to you by <laughs> visitsantacruz.com. Yeah. Or, yeah. 
Hey man, let's talk about iHeartJing. This is something that's really interesting to me. Everybody knows some of the other uh, online marketplaces for cannabis, and they're, yeah. they're mostly just advertising platforms. But iHeartJing is different. Let, let, I'm going to let you explain it. Yeah, iHeartJing's a a bit different. And when the team and I were looking at building this, we were a couple of years ago. We were asking ourselves, you know, how do we shop online? For everything else other than cannabis. One of our teammates is looking for a bike helmet for his wife. Where does he go? He goes to Amazon. Mm -hmm. And he knows Mm -hmm. the specific bike helmet that he wants. And he doesn't go on Amazon and looks at a seller and then scrolls through that menu only to come across by chance exactly what he's looking for. He just simply types it in. Right. And it comes up with five sellers have this item at. Exactly. And that's how we shop for our clothes. That's how we shop for our household goods. All, all online, even our movies now, our music. It's now like, hey, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Bring it to me. Mm-hmm. And um, at the same time, we were looking at what was going on with Amazon. It's actually becoming quite relevant um, today was we didn't really like the fact that Amazon was kind of killing small businesses. Mm. And it was kind of a, a perfect storm in the sense of the cannabis industry is built by small businesses, brick and mortar stores in the local community trying to provide products to local customers looking for those products. And so we said, how can we create for the customer a shopping experience that mimics Amazon, where you can type in anything that you would want and that marketplace will bring it to you. But at the same time, instead of killing small businesses, we enable small businesses and support them and bring business to them. And so that's what we were able to do with um, iHeartJane. So the the real interesting thing about the iHeart Jane to me, as opposed to like Leafly or Weed Maps, which are great resources, but it's real time inventory. That's exactly right. And so, in order to partner with these dispensaries, we had to make it pretty simple for them because they're I've never run a brick and mortar dispensary, mm-hmm. but I've worked in retail before, and it's tough. Yeah, you got scheduling, you got hiring, you got firing, you got inventory, you have marketing, and the last thing you really want to think of is your e-commerce and now you have to maintain and run a website. Right. And so what we were thinking about as we were creating Jane was how could we do it very easily so these brick and mortar stores can have something that's extremely powerful for to help them reach customers but have very little work to them. So what we do is like you were saying we integrate in real time to these point of sale systems, any point of sale system in the cannabis industry today. And by doing so, we create a turnkey digital storefront that connects the products on their store shelves with customers in real time looking for those products in the local area. Let's run through a sample. Yeah, let's All do right. it. So I'm average, you know, uh, Joe Stoner. I uh, I work 80 hours a week. Oh, yeah. And, um, uh, and I'm, it's time for me to smoke weed. So I decided it's uh, 9.30 in the morning. I look up at, uh, I, I upload iHeartJane. Is that how it works? Yeah, you, go, yeah. you visit iHeartJane.com. I visit iHeartJane.com. And I type in whatever you whatever want, I want. I want outdoor organic white widow. Boom. And see who has it. Bingo. In your area. In my area. In right. real time. In real time. And then you're presented those stores that are carrying it. Uh-huh. Um, and then go ahead. And then I can either order it right then and have it packaged and ready for me, just like uh, to-go food. Bingo. Or the pharmacy. Hi, yes, uh, order for Baker. Yeah, right. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, then, then I don't have to stand in line, or I don't have to wait, or I don't have to choose, or I don't have to. You know, they and just already have it ready for me. Exactly, and you guarantee that that product is there for when you. you get, 
or I can just show up and say, hey, uh, I looked on iHeartJane today and it said you guys had uh, organic outdoor white widow and, um, you know, where is it? Let mm-hmm. me see it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right, right. And what we love to do and how we explain it to our dispensary partners is like the hard part is getting the customer to know that you have that product. We talk to a lot of brand owners too who have great brands and the hardest part is getting their their name out there. And so we do that for these dispensaries. We say, hey, if you're carrying White Widow Organic Outdoor, you don't need to advertise that. Just carry it, leave it on in your point of sale system, and we'll make sure that the guy who's looking for it in your area is matched to it. Just like you said, you as the customer would go, you would reserve it for a time. You know, you could pick it up after work. Uh, a lot, I can't tell you how many times we've heard from customers, you know, I used to come right after work on a Friday night and it would be a 45 minute line. I don't wait 45 minutes in line to get my sandwich, but I have to for yeah. this cannabis because it's the best thing in town. And Right, I want it. Now they say, hey, I'm in and out. I can order from my pajamas and pick it up after work. And it is uh, It's kind of, it's a great thing. We're seeing almost like a Uber effect where you, you use it for the first time and you're never going to take a taxi cab again. Mm-hmm. You kind of order on Jane for the first time. You never really go anywhere else. Now, I want to be specific. This isn't a mail-order weed scenario. No, that's a right. great point. We right. we don't really, as they say in the industry, we don't touch the, the plant. We don't touch right. the product. Um, You're strictly ancillary. We, st- we strictly, just like open table doesn't touch the food, but you can reserve us a oh, table okay. for two at the Italian restaurant, just like Grubhub doesn't touch the food, but you can order your burrito from the Mexican restaurant down the street. We don't touch the plant, but we enable and and uh, allow you to reserve those products for either in-store pickup or delivery, depending on what the dispensary is offering. Oh, wow. Great, great, great model. Now, now earlier we were talking and you mentioned that there were three models in this, in this industry. Can you explain those? Yeah. So we're, we're the fourth, we're the kind of the end to end marketplace, this Amazon shopping experience, if you will. Then there are three other models that we've seen. We've seen kind of the, the Yelp model. Um, and that is your listing service. And they provide a service just like Yelp, Yelp provides a service. You go there, hey, where is this in reference to me? They have um, usually, you know, menus of, of, of different uh, product and service offerings. But the issue is, is that it's usually the menus are stale um, and you can't order uh, from there. And really, to be honest with you, just kind of like Yelp, I could be sitting here in Denver and review a dispensary in Seattle without ever having stepped foot in that store. And that's a problem because mm-hmm. you're seeing a lot of competitors, you know, play the one star rating game you're seeing. And, and, and what that leaves is, you know, when I'm a customer, I can't really just trust that what I'm reading is accurate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's one model. Uh, the next model is kind of the on-demand delivery. You see it in the food industry a bunch. In in New York, there's a company called Caviar that will deliver food to you. You right. have, and and that's that's available in several states, California, correct, and and where else is I think, it? Available? I think uh, Washington um, is trying to get involved in it, but mainly it's, it's California. California allows delivery direct to your doorstep. Exactly, right, which is great. But the only issue is, is back to your. Reference, if you wanted White Widow, you can't really type in White Widow. You kind of are subject to say... Whatever they got. Whatever they got. And you really don't know where it comes from, which right. is a problem. Like, imagine ordering a, a pizza and the dude delivers it to you and you're like, hey, where'd this pizza come from? And the guy's like... No, it's Tino's. We cooked it in the oven. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. Right. Yeah, yeah, this right. is uh, dot com pizza. Try it. And you're right. like, eh, you know what? That's not really how people shop. I want choice. I want selection. So it really doesn't provide that. And then um, 
the third model in the industry that we're seeing, and these are all great models, we're just different, mm-hmm. um, is the Shopify model. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Sure, oh yeah, yeah. totally. And, and what they do, you're seeing these come up and they do a great job, but they'll go to a specific dispensary and they'll say, hey, we'll build you that e-commerce platform that you need. That's so tough. And that's fine. It's usually kind of labor intensive and a little expensive for the dispensaries. But as a customer, the issue is, is I have to know about that store right. beforehand, visit their domain name, and then order from them. And so again, think about the last time you went to a small business dot com store and ordered something. You're usually going to Google and typing it in or Amazon and typing it in. And that's what we saw. And we said, okay, let's be more of the Amazon uh, style for the consumers. Um, and that's the fourth model that we're introducing to the model to the industry today. Oh wow, wow man, it's it's progressing so fast. It's it is technology, man. It's wild. Yeah. Well, hey, let's let's take a break for technology right there. This is Chip uh, and Socrates of the Real Dirt. We'll be right back. These new episodes are made possible through some really awesome partnerships. We want to form long-term relationships with other entities who have similar goals. Thanks to Grower Soil, a line of soil and nutrients manufactured and developed right here in Colorado. Also, thanks to Cultivate Colorado with two stores in the Denver metropolitan area. Cultivate has one of the largest selections of indoor horticultural equipment in the known universe. So stop by if you have any growing needs. Grow your dreams, cultivate your legend. And we're back. This is Chip and Socrates, The Real Dirt. Today we're talking about uh, iHeartJane, which is uh, the next generation online marketplace. It's a real-time inventory for cannabis purchasers. Hey, you know, I just want to plug us here. If you want other episodes, uh, download this at realdirt.com, or you can look us up on iTunes at the Real Dirt Podcast. Uh, you can subscribe to our newsletter and, and other fun stuff we put out. We've got some other, like, podcast and mini podcast cool. and other additional information on the website. If, you're, if any, you or anyone else is interested, realdirt.com. So, man, I'm going to roll it up while you tell me yeah. how you got started with all this. I know you got a, a bit of an, an interesting story here, so let, let's hear it, man. Yeah, man. Um, so I, I grew up in Newton, Mass., uh, and I went to West Point um, and graduated West Point. I actually never consumed cannabis a day in my life until I got out of the military. Uh, but I, I graduated from West Point, and we'll get to that, but uh, in 04, obviously. Uh, and I was an Apache helicopter pilot for about seven years. All right. Yeah, it was really, it was a lot of fun. Um, um, uh, let, let, let me say that if someone ever tells you they're Apache helicopter pilot, they're they're pretty smart and highly coordinated. <laughs> yeah. Right? You, you you'd be pro- surprised, man. You'd but, be yeah. surprised. If you've never gotten in a car with me, <laughs> you talk to my wife or my friends, they're like, dude, did you really fly helicopters? Well, it's different. Sure? In a car, you have these, like, rules. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. In the sky, yeah. man, you're free. You're no. free. <laughs> you're free. You only have to worry when you come close to the ground or another object, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, with a plane, that is the case. But with a helicopter, it's actually, uh, it's, the machine is, defies logic and defies the laws of gravity. So the entire time, you're like, 
is this thing really going to keep me up in the air? And right, if right. something goes wrong, I don't have a lot of time to react. So it's really stressful. I've heard people describe helicopters as an unnatural flying beast that's trying to come apart at every single moment. <laughs> yes. <right? laughs> while, while simultaneously beating the air into submission, yeah, pretty right, much. Right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it doesn't sound sexy when you talk about like an F-16 or a jet and it sounds so graceful. Um, but I was an Apache helicopter pilot. I commanded a, a company in Baghdad, Iraq in 2009, 2010. And then I got out of the military. I was 29 years old, back in Boston, really not knowing what I wanted to do next. I wasn't officially diagnosed with PTS, uh, post-traumatic stress, but you know, it's like any transition. Anybody who's graduated from college or changed jobs or moved halfway around the world. Right. It's a transition. And now imagine this transition from a highly kinetic, intense lifestyle uh, where you have to kind of be full volume all the time. And so it was hard for me to turn the volume down. I was here. I was, I was, you know, a hard charging 29 year old dipping tobacco and drinking beer. And yeah, you're from Nicotine Georgia. You know user. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Copenhagen, Skull, man. Yeah, yeah, co co yeah. You got a Copenhagen pocket. Oh uh, yeah. It's just a, so and it's just unhealthy. Do you call them koozies or cozies? We call them koozies. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, East, yeah. East coast. West coast is cozies. Cozies. Cool. Koozies for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my wife, my very patient, loving, uh, natural, she was a, she's a healer. She, she said, hey, you know what? Maybe you want to try. She's from Vancouver, by the way, so she grew up all with right, cannabis. All right, all right. Maybe you want to try a little weed, bro. Yeah. How about you just kind of calm down a little bit and mm -hmm. um, calm down, really, is what it was. And so I, I uh, consumed cannabis for the first time in my life, man. It changed my life. And you, you, you smoked a bowl, bowl a joint? I like, smoked a, I, I actually smoked. <laughs> a four inch I, blunt. I, I smoked a, yeah, I smoked a lot of blunts that night. Yeah. <laughs> they had to teach you how to use it. Yeah, they, had, they, they taught me the process and um, uh, I got, I got high. Uh, and it was, and it wasn't like anything I thought it was going to be. Right. It really brought me a sense of balance and well-being that I really couldn't find anywhere else. So you, you grew up in uh, the drug work culture, and so you had these oh. misconceptions. Oh, I had about the Dare T-shirt, right. and I oh. had I was yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, of course, me too. Um, and so I tried it, it changed my life, and then I at the same time was going to business school um, at MIT and learning about technology, kind of during the daytime, and at night here I was, kind of learning firsthand about how to consume and what that meant and my everybody's has a personal journey with cannabis and mine was kind of just beginning and um the only issue was i was a business school student and i was getting my cannabis that was really helping me except i was getting it in like a, a best buy parking lot from a high right. school connect right, right you know he was in high school yeah no no no, no, no. he was from high no, school yeah uh, right 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 he's like damn sock you used to beat me up when we were in high school no, now you're selling me <laughs> yeah right no no i was uh i was a tiny kid probably getting the one getting beat up in high school but um that was a problem for me because i would ask and i was desperately trying to understand hey how could i replicate this in a more consistent fashion and I uh, graduated from MIT. I was really interested in technology, uh, came out to um, Silicon Valley, do some consulting work. And I was able to really study the marketplaces and really exciting technology like Uber and Airbnb and Grubhub and these really cool models. And that's what really spawned the idea for, for Jane. And um, mm -hmm. uh, that's, yeah, that's where we are now. 
So what, when, when, when did the idea pop in your head? Was there a light bulb moment? I, I actually do remember, I mean, I would get, so here I was, I was working that corporate grind, you know, working those 80 hour weeks and I had very limited time on the weekend. I want to get down to Santa Cruz. I was living in Silicon Valley at the time. I want to get my bud. I want to enjoy my weekend. But so I'd always call my delivery guy, but my delivery guy was always late. Yeah. Waiting. <laughs> oh my man. Never had <laughs> never had what I saw on their website. On their website. Oh, All it was man. and it was like every time. And meanwhile, I was calling my food delivery guy, no problem. My mm-hmm. Uber guy, no mm-hmm. problem. I was watching Netflix videos, my documentaries, they were coming easy. And here was the most inconvenient thing for the most important product of my life. And that's really the idea came about and said, you know what? We got to do something about it. Wow. I love when businesses come out of an actual need in the marketplace. It's the only and, way it can be authentic. Yeah, absolutely. And there's plenty of other businesses that work in other manners, but when it's, it's market driven, right? Like you don't need any market research, right? Right. You don't need a focus group. Right. It's like, okay, I want weed when I want it and I want it to be what I want. Uh, right? That's actually a great point. That's a great point. I think a lot of people, you see it in big corporations. Well, we need a focus group for this and we need to test this, A, B, run that. And you're like, hey, man, I just go and shop and I see, man, I would love if this was different. And uh, so far we've been pretty spot on on it. Right. Some people have it, right? And, and, you know, uh, some people have it for everything. I have it for my industry and the things that I'm interested in. Right. I don't have it for everything. Right. I can, you know, in the in the the equipment, hydroponic or horticultural equipment industry, I can see immediately if somebody comes into my door with a new product, whether it's going to work or not. Yep. I can see if it came from a need from the marketplace, a need from the user, or just somebody stoned. Man, I think I was going to make a million dollars off this <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> right? You know, cause, yeah. Because that's one of the that's one of the uh, oh that's one of the drawbacks of cannabis, yeah. right? Is you 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 get high and you think everything's a great idea, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Some people come down later and they were oh maybe that's not such a great idea, you know a chia pet bong. I don't know, I don't know. Now I don't know. <laughs> Last night it seemed bong. great. Yeah. Like you know, oh we put weed seeds in it instead. Oh hemp seeds. We'll put hemp seeds in it. So now it's a hemp pet bong. <laughs> Right. That's how the weed right. ideas start. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, one of the, the most odd guys I've ever known, he had this saying of like, you got to brainstorm, you got to take it all the way one direction, the craziest thing you can, and then all the way the other direction, the most conservative thing you can. Yeah. And then you can bring them together and they'll meet someplace. Oh, cool. It might not be the middle, you know, it might be a little crazier, a little more conservative, cool. but you got to like go all the way. Right. And uh, bring it back. What's like, that's the fun in it, right? It when, is, right. When, when you're working for the man and you got to do step one, the step two, to step three, that's, in my opinion, that's really boring. And take it from me, I was in the army, so they told me how to do every single thing. Right, right. But now you can kind of run with ideas and experiment. And I see all the unbelievable products that are being innovated in this space, um, the innovation that's going on in the cultivation space. And it's, uh, that's a lot of, that's where the fun's at, man. Yeah. Right, right. I really love talking to other business people and entrepreneurs. I've I've started numerous businesses. I, I call myself a serial and a parallel entrepreneurist. Nice, right? nice. And uh, 
Um, you know, I start businesses on top of each other. I start businesses back to back and, you know, uh, some, uh, some are successful now more so in the early years, you know, they, they, they might not have, you know, I was, (laughs) I was climbing that ladder of success built on some failure and problems. Right. Always. Right. Uh, do you, do you get to talk to other cannabis entrepreneurs and, and then other entrepreneurs? Oh man, there is. To be an entrepreneur in this space is, is, I think, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. How many times do you get to kind of be, everybody says, come out of the dark and into the light? Mm-hmm. And this is a very old industry that has a lot of roots, and there are a lot of unbelievable pioneers doing great that have done great things. But now people are just starting to openly and publicly discuss it. So you're talking to little mom and pop. Well, there's a product owner in Santa Cruz that's doing infused jam. And she's a really high-end chef, and she's bringing this really cool products to the space. And you're seeing stuff with dispensaries and retail operations trying to innovate and create a better shopping experience for their customers. And that's so much fun to always interact with and see and be around all these other people trying to move this industry forward and trying to innovate on top of each other, which is a lot of fun. You, you go to any of the cannabis business trade shows or MJ Biz or any of that type of stuff? We have, yeah, we've been to a to a few. Um, now we're kind of past that point, you know. We've kind of jumped in the deep end now, and we're right. we're in it. Um, but at the beginning, yeah, they were great resources, even for the fact that of the energy there and the excitement there and all the walks of life, mm-hmm. um, people interested in this space. Um, but it really just for me, it hammered home that you know you got to just do it. And, uh, yeah, go for it. You got to go, for, go it. for it. Go for it. Yeah. I see myself differently than other people see me. They all do. Like, you know, they see me as a, a successful entrepreneur, a successful business person. You know, they see all the like products that are, have survived or that are great for me. They don't even know about all the ones that failed. Yeah. Right. So they, they ask me questions all the time. Like, how do I get started? Mm. Or, and you know, the, 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 often it's about money with people. Right. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, like, don't don't worry about point. the money. Just like, don't let that keep you from doing it. That's just an excuse. You know, have a good plan and a good dream, but like, don't wait for the money, or else you'll always be waiting. Yeah, that's right? yeah, that's a that's a great point. And um, you know, we were talking earlier before the show is about you know, money for a business is like uh, blood for the human body. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. It is a necessity to keep the mechanism running. Mm-hmm. but it is not your purpose to be on this earth. And anybody who creates a, a company for the sole intention or the first, the primary intention of making money, in my opinion, is pretty short-sighted. And um, the right. ones who really see the need or have a love to solve something and really can empathize with a customer, um, that, in my opinion, that's authentic and it will resonate with the customers and it will be here for quite some time. Since we're talking about it, let's talk about some of the problems you've had to overcome starting this business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that's a great I'm, transition. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fire it up. Hey, we got a lighter around here. Oh, oh yeah. It's our, kind of a running joke. <laughs> we actually we actually have one today. Here we go. All right. And what we don't have is an ashtray. Oh. Um, oh, it's 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 a rock and roll studio. We'll just ash on the floor. <laughs> no, this is a nice place, man. <laughs> um. Thank you, sir. Thank you. But yeah, I think problems that we've run into, not necessarily maybe problems, but challenges in the sense of, you know, to be viewed as a corporation. And Steve D'Angelo quoted a lot on it of, 
you know, Steve I, D'Angelo of Harborside. Of Harborside is quoted on corporations not coming into the cannabis industry and telling the cannabis industry how to do business, but now the cannabis industry welcoming corporations and showing them, hey, we can do business in an improved way, our way. Um, one that's rooted in fairness and, in my opinion, you know, authenticity and love for the plant. And I'm just going to go hold on to this. Yeah, just hold on to that for a second, man. It's a, but, That's a Lemon G13 from Earl's up in Leadville. They're the really highest commercial grow in the country, 10,500 feet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, all organic, uh, greenhouse grown. Elevated. Yeah. It's great, man. Ele- elevated, right? Yeah. yeah. I know you get all those great puns, elevated, high. But I think this is a great point is the sense of, you know, we come in, we're we're tech guys. We're not growers. We see our role not to come in here and exploit the industry, but to really use our skills to help raise everybody up and move this industry forward and ensure everybody's kind of winning and succeeding. Because that, when we all do that and we have accountability and transparency and there is fairness in the market, we will win, man. And we will have an opportunity to teach other industries, hey, this is working for us. If you think about it, mm-hmm. back to our earlier point, Amazon is killing small businesses. Who who started a small business in Ohio or Georgia, right? right? right. Um, the cannabis industry is protected in a weird way from having these big Amazons of the world come in and kind of push everybody over. Totally. We have an opportunity and a limited opportunity, in my opinion, the time is ticking, clock is ticking, mm-hmm. to, to show, hey, we can all work together, we can all win, we can all grow the pie, and we can do some really cool stuff along the way. And uh, if we're part of that conversation as, as a company, um, that's really exciting for us. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people bring up uh, this term corporation or corporate as uh, hmm, a disparaging term. Yeah. Right? And, uh, you know, it's just the fact of the matter when you're a certain level business, like you, you have to get liability insurance. And right. as soon as you start getting liability insurance, then you need to be like a corporation of some <laughs> you know, right. you need to be incorporated. Right. Right. Uh, so many of us are corporate companies, but the average Joe might not realize that. And they just talk corporate cannabis, corporate cannabis. What do you think they mean when they say that? I think that's a really interesting point. I think it's it's less about the term and more about the meaning behind it. And I think it's like we talked about. Are you in it here to exploit and make money a quick buck? Or are you in it here to use your whatever expertise it is, whether from making awesome tasting jam to growing fire at 10,000 feet or building an online marketplace and using technology? And are you doing it to solve a problem and help move this industry forward? And I think, you know, what side are you on? And we love to partner with the ones looking to all work together. And that's really what we pride about ourselves on Jane is that you, any dispensary can use any point of sale system all the other models, the Yelp, the Shopify's of the world, they can use those too. And you can also use Jane. And um, I think that's a really cool situation where we don't create this, it's us or them mentality. Uh, and I hope that that sticks around. Well, Roger Waters was just on a uh, tour around the country oh, cool. and it's us and them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> not, I love it. Not us against them. I love know? it. And it's based off a Pink Floyd song, Us and Them, but you know, uh, uh, it's true. It's, it, it's, we're all together here. Yeah, man. Right. And we might can compete for the same marketplace, but just like the little kids on the ball field, you know, like 
another team member gets hurt, you pick them up at the end of the game, you shake hands, you see the people out in public, and it's a polite interaction. Yeah. Right? We need to bring that into it for sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think there's so much room for so many people to come in and do some cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't have to be this. You know, we're not 40 years down the road. I I drive to, um, I was driving to Tahoe this weekend, and get out past the city and you're kind of in no man's territory and there's like a McDonald's, a Walmart, a Burger King, a 7-Eleven, and you can be in any single town. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine that if that was cannabis? It's not, right? Like we have no. cool, it's all local. It's, hey, this is this grower from here. He's doing this cool thing or this mm-hmm. dispensary only sources local products and they know me by name. I bring my dog in there. That's a really cool thing and I, I hope we don't lose that. There is definitely more chains in Colorado. Yeah. Right. You Popping definitely, up. You definitely see that. Uh, there was a recent article, Denver Post, man, I want to say something like 10% of the dispensaries are owned by like six people. Oh, really? Right. Interesting. Yeah, totally. And Native Roots, Live Well, those are two of the biggest ones. Yeah, they're see big them all over. Yeah. They've bought up little mom and pops that started and couldn't figure out how to work. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, lots of mountain town type you know, places. Right. Right. Uh, I'm sure that's going to happen in California once people are able to get actual licenses from the local and state governments. Yep. And it, it'll it'll be something that you can go and buy soon. Exactly. Right. It's currently not quite like that. Right. 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 Yeah. We're in a really interesting time, um, I think, in the industry where consolidation, you're just starting to see it here in Colorado, like you were saying. And I think, you know, that's a, for us at, at Jane, that's a problem we're trying to solve. We're trying to say, we love the mom and pops uh, mm-hmm. that are doing great things. And maybe they don't have the reach and they don't know online technology and they don't, they don't know how to, you know, do real time inventory. Hey, that's where we come in and we can do so very easily and support the largest chains in the world mm-hmm. to uh, the smallest mom and pops. And we create a level playing field where their products are being sold to the customers looking for those products. Uh, that's right. Natural expansion. Hey, let's take a break right there. This is Chip Baker and Socrates, The Real Dirt. We'll be right back. I got to get incredible thanks out to Denver Normal. They're an organization that advocates for the rights of every marijuana consumer in the Mile High City, while also creating long-lasting partnerships with local businesses that share our value. Thanks, Denver Normal. It takes people like you to really make the change. And we're back once again. This is The Real Dirt. A little slower this time, man. <laughs> Socrates, even though you're a uh, new cannabis smoker, your joint rolling uh, skills are unprecedented. <laughs> I've had a lot of practice, man. A lot of practice. That's what it takes. Focus, focus, focus practice. Focus, practice, determination. Man. Right. Do you have a story about the first joint you rolled? Actually, we'll go back to that, the first blunt. Okay. I rolled and smoked myself. Okay. We were talking about this before the show in terms of, you know, you got a racing mind. I think a lot of entrepreneurs have it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people with, you know, who've experienced some stressful moments in their life have, have, have it have racing minds that keep them up and worried about X, Y, and Z. Right, right, right. Because you get so stuck at that point of That's adrenaline exactly. and time and space that your mind relaxes and you go almost right back to it. Um, yeah. Imagine yeah. like you kind of broke the throttle and it's just at 101 yeah. RPM at yeah. all and times. And you think that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah and you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, okay, this is normal. And I remember... It's not normal. No, it is not. <laughs> and I remember realizing that when... Uh, 
I mean, this might be a boring story, but for me, it was a really vivid memory uh, after consuming and getting high for the first time. I remember just like sucking on a purple Jolly Rancher, listening to the Almond Brothers. Blue Skies was on. And uh, Blue Skies. Yeah, that's it, man. And I remember being so present as if I was a child again. And I, I think that was kind of like cannabis revealing to me, hey, man, this is, this is the present moment. All the other noise, that, you can turn that off. And that was when the light really switched for me. Yeah, right. Oh, this is pretty good. Oh, there is there is a Something off switch. Mm-hmm. There is an off switch. And then you start learning, oh, I can turn this off anytime I want. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, some people, uh, you know, use, it yeah, use cannabis right. for it. Right. Uh, I think the ultimate goal is to do it without. With or without. Yeah, exactly. you know? absolutely. I'm learning that right now for yeah. sure. And, yeah. Uh, I definitely have a the problem of staying focused or being in the moment. For right. sure. I'm I'm we all do. I'm really learning it though. I'm, I've been so much better lately about it. Nice, man. Yeah, you have to be able to just flip it. You have to just be able to like focus and turn the focus on yep. and I know you learn this as a as a helicopter pilot like before you take off you're doing your walk around, That's your it. prep, you become so hyper focused. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, you, you, you don't think about other stuff. Yeah. Right. At least, you know, I, I don't, you don't think about other stuff and, um, you're right. You know, and then you get up in the air and it's the same thing. It's just hyper focused moments. Yeah. Right. And I yeah. know pilots with like thousands and thousands and thousands of hours and they're carrying on conversations and it's second nature to them. And, you know, I, I, I kind of feel bad for them that they get they lost that super focus. Yeah, that's really interesting. Right? Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I guess it becomes second nature just like anything else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that's the appeal of doing things just challenging enough to keep you present. Mm-hmm. Not maybe overwhelming. Oh, I love to surf. So for me, that's... Oh, yeah, totally. You know, and I imagine here in Colorado when you're skiing, mm. like you're kind of, you're not thinking about... That moment when you decide you're going for that wave, and you yeah. know I use I use surfing as business analogies yeah. all the time. Hell yeah, but yeah. That moment you're going to catch that yeah. wave, you just decide and you just start to paddle, and you go. And there is a focus, and there is a paddle that does it. And you might like false paddle, right. right? Like, oh, I'm gonna get that one. No, I didn't get that. I didn't feel it. Right. And then right. what happens? Right, you're out of position, mm-hmm. and that's what mm-hmm. we that's 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 our saying um, in the company is you won't know unless you go. Yeah, you won't know unless you go. Absolutely, and it's just just go, man. Drop in, bro. Yeah, this is in. yours. <laughs> Take it. Uh, we're definitely getting some surfer tunes on this <laughs> on this show. Oh man, I miss it, dude. I really do. Come on out, I, uh, anytime, man. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm probably more just like wobble back and forth on the top of my board and paddle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all we all do that. It's like golf, man. People say like, oh, this, but really, everybody's kind of just kind of crappy at it but just good enough to enjoy it right yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's uh you're right and you know some of my best days surfing has literally just been paddling out into the fog and you know getting past the breakers and you know past the lineup and just sitting on the outside just watching the world that's it man you know just watching waves no email right yeah it's good you know the, the the sound of the birds and the Northern California got all the wildlife, man. Everything you know, the, the more than you would want seals and <laughs> sharks, sharks and whales, fish and oh, yeah, it's crazy, it. man. All of it, bears. All of it. <laughs> it's nuts. Hey, what's that on the beach? Yeah, right, right, right. Wookie, there's a Wookie coming after me. 
<laughs> Tell me about some of your problems. It's not all just like fun and fun and games starting businesses, is it? No. To create something is tough, man. It is mm-hmm. the hardest thing to do because there's no roadmap. There is no blueprint. There is no checklist. There's no kind of like, oh, step one, step two. Step, it's it's kind of like, what do we do now? And the fun of it is no one's written that for you. But also the scary part is you got to kind of write your own book. Right. And um, it's just really what we say is we move inches every day and you just keep going and you don't look back. And before you know it, those inches add up and you look back and you're like, wow, we've gone a, a while, but you can only move, you know, one inch at a time. And uh, right. that's, that's great it. advice, man. That really is. I have that problem all the time. I'm, yeah. I'm building some new stuff right now. I got some new products coming out and it's been working on this manufacturing plant for a while. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's starting to like, oh, is this ever going to happen? Is this, and at the end, you know, of any construction project, yeah. like there's delays and there's, you know, huh. stuff takes way longer. Huh. More expensive. And, you know, more expensive, yeah. all that, you yeah. know. And, but yeah, to, to look back of it all, it's like, oh, wow, man, I've done all that in 14 months. That's actually pretty good. That's yeah. really good, good advice. Yeah. You know, um, not to get just co- so caught up as like, I've only moved one inch today. I mean, think about right. any, you're, you're a cultivator, right? A lot of listeners are cultivators. You don't just put a seed in the ground the next day the thing grows. Yeah, no, you know, no, you, no, no. You're, and now you're harvesting. It is so small, but never ending. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of our mentality is, you know, we're going to move if sometimes it's an inch, but we're going to make sure that we keep moving forward. Um, and that's what we learned. That's at least what was taught to me in the in the military. And that's what we bring every day to the team at, at Chain. Right. Yeah. So, man, I was going to ask you what your success story is, but it almost seems like you just kind of gave it all to me. It's like <laughs> move one inch a day, you know. But yeah, tell, tell me about some of the successes you've had. Yeah, I think for me, you know, I've led a lot of teams in my life, but this is really a really fun time because we're starting from a group of a handful of guys. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, it's watching my little seed of an idea. Sorry for the pun. But no, kinda, no, 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 no. Yeah, right. puns are loud. Oh, yeah. Sure. Kind of, you know, one guy say, hey, I, I like that seed. Let me add, let me water it a little bit. And then another guy come in and say, let me give some sunlight to it. And some guy's like, hey, let me trim this. I'm a good trimmer. Let me do this. And before you know it, you have a lot of brilliant, passionate people kind of sharing the same dream. And man, that is... That's really exciting. You see it with great sports teams. You see it with great um, music groups and my like the Beatles and Pink Floyd, right? They're yeah. all kind of shared the same vision. And I think that's, I know that's what's happening in that chain. And it's really exciting. Um, and I try to just really appreciate that, man, I don't know when the next time I'm going to get something like this. So we're really just grateful for it every day. Now oh, that's an awesome, awesome feeling. Yeah, it is. That's, you know, that's what keeps me, that's what keeps me, in entrepreneurship is that feeling honestly yeah of like that when you're newly creating something yeah and it, it's just started to work yeah you know it right it, yeah, yeah and you're on the street one day and someone's like oh hey aren't you chip with the real dirt yeah right, right? and i'm like oh god damn it is working man yeah, yeah man it's great and oh, it's from nothing chip yeah for literally like an idea that you had mm-hmm. and then now you got a studio with people coming to you on a podcast with listeners producer just from an idea. Yeah. So, yeah, I think everybody listening, if you got that idea that you just can't think of, stop thinking about. Try it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fail. Fail at it. Try it again. You won't know unless you go, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many times 
I like had a great idea and 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 was scared to start it up, mm. and you know started up something more conservative, and then mm. I, I, I saw other people take my I should my quote unquote the the idea that I had and ran with it, right, right, and uh, you know there's this collective unconsciousness that I believe in is like I start thinking about something and someplace on the other side of the world someone else picks it up too. No doubt. Right. And so like you can call it your idea, but they're kind of our ideas. I love it. Right. And um, you know, I, I see stuff all the time. I was like, oh man, I had that idea. Oh, that they were successful at doing that. Mm. And you know, I tried that and failed. Wow, they they succeeded because they did this. Mm. And, you know, I'm really like fascinated with all of that in entrepreneurship. Yeah. You know? And it's I, I think it's something that you gotta go through to realize you know, I read all these books. I read the book about the Nike founder, the Am Jeff Bezos and Amazon, yeah, and sure. uh, you know Richard Branson building Virgin. I tell you what, man, it all starts with a, a man or a woman with an idea and just moving inches and mm-hmm. not stopping right. and learning, right. right? Making mistakes and learning and adapting and growing. Right. Um, and I, that's it's it's simple. It's not easy, mm-hmm. but it's simple, man. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I got to I got to say this, man, is that uh no man is an island and even though like, you know, I might have come up with an idea or you might have come up with an idea until we get other people involved, it doesn't really exist. start to exist. Yeah, man. Right? And you get other people like excited about it for you or excited about it with you involved in the project yeah. and it's like it's the group of people. It's the people that you work with that work for you that really make it successful. Yep. Right. Now yep. I can't say enough about, you know, the employees that got me where I am today, the business partners that got me where I am today. Right. Right. Regardless of like we had falling outs or they got fired sure. or there were fist fights involved sure, or whatever yeah. the fuck it was. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Like like each one of those They're incidents. part of the journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. you know, uh um it's important not to be scared of that. I think that's what it is. Having no fear. And really, in, there's no other industry where that is m- more important. Is like I think the people in this industry, most of them, know how special this plant is mm-hmm. and the power it 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 has. Um, mm-hmm. And in my opinion, it's like there are a lot of things to be afraid about in this industry, and we got to make sure that if we're dedicated to this thing, we see this all the way through, and we don't give up. Really. Yeah, totally. we're not scared about it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you fail and you just get pushed out. And, sure, you know, pop like a zit on the other sure, side of, of the course. business world. <laughs> yeah, of course. It <laughs> you happens. Stop and start everyone. over. Right. Yeah, of course. But, uh, yeah, just keep going. You know. Yeah. And that's how it goes. Yeah. So, man, when you're having those moments, mm. when it is so hard, mm. or when it is so delightful, well, what's your favorite weed? I, it's, I love it all, man. I really, I love it all. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite right now. Oh, I love how you phrase that. Yeah, yeah. right now right. is uh, a kosher kush grown by mm. uh, these group of growers. They're military veterans um, called the Santa Cruz Veterans Alliance. Yeah, totally. Um, and what they do is they'll, they're a group of veterans out of the service who cultivate as part of their therapy. And in the process now, they've actually learned to produce some of the finest cannabis, in my opinion, in Santa Cruz, if not California. Um, and that's kind of been a, a favorite of mine all summer long so scva oh, kosher kush kosher kush from dna don and aaron yeah, yeah. i love that love yeah. that weed man yeah it's so good yeah it's a good one um how uh, about you man you know i i i don't 
it's hard. I have favorites from time to time, right? It, Stuff yeah, yeah. infatuates me, but my all-time favorite weed that cannot be beat in my eyes yes. is is real East Coast sour diesel. <sighs> Please, real yes. the East Coast sour diesel cut is is my favorite. Whenever I get it, I hoard it. You're a sativa man. I love it, man. Yeah, man. Um, recently, we just got some uh, old school train wreck hybrids. Nice. Right. And uh, also, you know, strong petroleum flavor. Yeah, up, yeah. Up heart racing high. Yeah. Oh, I love you it. Know, For I surf, like man. Oh, it's my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I do tend to like the the more the more up weeds, which is interesting because I probably need the like more sedating ones from um, yeah, it's my personality. Because you're you have a racy mind like yeah, right. like myself, but I like the like the more sativa energy mm-hmm. strains. So right. It's interesting. Uh but uh, you know, I'm 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 open to it all. If somebody's got some great weed, you know, I'm I'm open to yeah, it. Me all, too, man. Right. I really, I really am looking for great weed though, qu- of quality, right? It has to have like a com- complete terpene profile. Yeah, has to 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 just have this, you know, rainbow full of flavors smell. Smell, yeah. It can't just have this dead smell or a bread smell or a one smell, right? Yep. Has to smell like a bouquet of flowers to me. I love it, man. Got to be like the perfect dryness. Here in Colorado, it's often too dry. Yes. Yeah, Right, yeah. you know, uh, but like sometimes you'll find it that it's that's just perfect, you know, uh, that that perfect age too between one and probably two or three months after yep. you harvest it, right? Yeah, and and then like I see so much weed and I've been around it so much, I can I can smell and see the ones that are just that little bit one percent better. That's awesome, man. Right, I gotta start hanging out with you more. And that one percent is really what makes it. That's it. That's right? when you like you know a guy or or a woman that knows about wine, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Hold on, I, yeah. let me go get a bottle from yeah. the back." Yeah, this is ninety one percent. And you're like, right. oh, "Okay, yeah, that's right. the difference. This yeah. is why this is you know a hundred dollar bottle of wine." Yeah, absolutely. And and that really is my favorite weed when it when it is that top quality East Coast uh, Star Diesel. Uh taken care of, grown properly. Like it doesn't matter what strain it really is for that. And I'll I'll like recognize it. I'm Got like, it. Oh yeah, man, yeah. that's great, great weed. Yeah. Cause I do sour diesel's my favorite strain, but cannabis isn't like you know, Nike's right now, no, right? Not. Yeah, I can't just go to any place and get sour diesel. I gotta so, like wait for for the guy who I knows that grows it the best and that, get that ninety one percent. That's best, it, and, right? Yeah, and that's what we're working towards at iHeartJane is the you want to know if this shop carries and grows the fire East Coast sour diesel to be able to find it there and and to hear other customers who have actually shopped and found and consumed that. They, you want to hear it from them. That's how we all do it. It's word of mouth. And so we want a validated, kind of verified, aggregated source for that word of mouth um, so we can right. learn from other customers. Yeah, man. Back to the market surveys. Ask your customers what they want. Yeah, that's right? it. So, man, what, how, do you, how do you see this all? This is all just started for California. It's all just started for really the U.S. Where, where do you see all this going for either, either you or the industry? Like, what's the future? I think... You know, we're in a very interesting opportunity where we're just trying to do the basic stuff here in the industry, but we have the opportunity to look at other industries and see where it's going. And in my opinion, a lot of it is going online. Um, You know, and a lot of people, you know, the younger generation are not only shopping from their phones and tablets and computers, they want convenience, they want selection, they want to find exactly what they want in real time. 
Um, but they also want, I think they're less driven by kind of bottom line and more driven about the story behind products too. And I think the cannabis industry is going to do a great job of, of that, putting a story behind brands, putting a story behind retail shops. Mm-hmm. Um, story sells. Yeah, the story sells. And, and what a really industry rich in story. And I think that's where it's going to go. Um, I think it's going to go largely online. And then the brands that establishes those stories and can create a connection with the customer, they're, they're going to do well here too. How, how do you think the brands are going to pan out? I'm excited for it because I really think it'll be local. Because it has to be. It's not like I can ship my local infused, you know, Blackberry jam to Massachusetts from California. You mean local by state? Yeah, local by state. Exactly. And that's a really interesting thing Mm -hmm. um, is that I think you'll have a lot of more smaller mom and pop brands have a a local presence. And then you'll have more national brands be able to establish themselves. And maybe it'll mimic um, maybe the microbrew industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dispensary brands yeah. setting up. Yep. Within their dispensary brand, they often cuz weed growers want their own strain. That's one of the things like that weed growers are interested in is I grow the best weed and it's my strain. Right. And they've been doing that for years and years and years and right. like it's, it's become harder and more competitive to do that now. So like I, I see that is is that's going to develop. Mm. It's already developing where there's like the brand and they might carry like 70 different clones or whatever, right. but then they have their thing they've developed or right. their thing they grow the best. Yeah. Right. In California, I'm, I'm wondering if they take a different approach and it'd be like, cause it's so clone oriented over there. Yes. Of just a handful of clones too. Here it's literally like 70, but there, you know, it's like six or 10. Yep. Right. Throughout the West Coast, it's kind of like that. Yep. It started to be like farm oriented because the way they've set up the distribution ba- database oh, in, in, in Calif- California. So, yeah. like, you know, it's, it's not this way yet, but in the future, distributors will control the purchasing and the sell of the product. Correct. Right. So, Farmers won't be able to go direct to the dispensary is the way the new laws are set up. They have to go to a distributor, right? And, you know, by saying, hey, this came from, you know, one of my favorite Pinots is called Lulu. This is from Lulu, you know, Lulu Farms Pinot. Exactly, exactly. You know, uh, that's what sets it apart. And it's all the same clone Pinot, whatever they're growing up there in Anderson Valley. Right. Right. Those guys grow really good. It's theirs. It's theirs. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think especially in California, just with that wine culture there too, that's what they expect. I think Mm -hmm. you'll see that. Um, I think one other really exciting thing in this industry is that you'll see a lot of, um, I think women are going to have a huge voice in this industry. Oh, they already have. They're the leaders of the industry currently, really. That's a really cool thing, at least for me to see, because I see some of my favorite brands are women-run. Some of my favorite dispensaries are women-run, and I think... You're in the you're you are in the heart of it though. Yeah, right? that's in true. The Bay Area. Yeah, right. Yeah, or that's Central true. California is yeah. what to call it. But what a cool up again going back to what we were talking about earlier. It's like, hey, we're gonna show the rest of the world, the other industries out there, women can be successful, have a voice in this, and actually lead right. this industry, which yeah. is really exciting for us. Yeah, I see it here too. I see that that women are um, often the head of the political organizations, the lobbying groups. Yeah. They're the, 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 the movers and the shakers, of the industry. Yeah. There are women business owners, but, uh, uh, it's almost exclusively male growers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I would say like 2% female. Yeah. It's like that in tech too. Yeah. I've got one coming this afternoon, actually. Cool. Uh, uh, Heather from, uh, 
Earls up in Leadville that awesome. we were smoking. Oh, right on. That, right? Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And they're they're out there. I've interviewed others and sweet. But uh, yeah, that, that's no one's brought that up. I'm glad we got to chat about yeah. that one. Yeah, I think women. I think um, underrepresented minorities. I think veterans. This is an opportunity for people to you know you can't break into other industries. It's already saturated, right? Like you can this one, right? But this is a real cool place to like if you have a good idea and you're savvy and you create a good business model, uh, you could do very well. Absolutely. And that's one of the exciting things about cannabis right now is you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have a pedigree. You don't have to really have that much money, you yeah. know, or you can have all those things and enter the industry and be on the same playing le- you yeah. know, field as, yeah. as uh, other people. Yeah, exactly right. Right. And it's yeah, the door is open. You might have to kick it open. Right. Right. But it's, it's there. Just like any good right. entrepreneur, man. Yeah. You might have, you know, like some stuff you're like, you know, the small guys held out of like fast food franchises, mm. small guys held out of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Even like in the indoor horticultural industry, man, it's, it's hard for a small guy to get involved now. For sure. Right. Cause you know, orders or you, you know, initial orders to start up a stores are hundreds of thousands of dollars and right. minimums are so big. And you know, like you, you got, I started on 90,000 bucks. <laughs> Right. right. And many other stores I know started on less. Right. right? The, the, the the biggest store in the country that I know of, uh, North Coast Horticulture, um, Steve Geeter store up in Northern California, he, him and his buddy started on like $15,000. Man. Right. And that's great. You talk about running lean. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But back then you could. Yeah. And you can right now in the cannabis industry as yeah. well. Right. And it, it's not going to remain that. It's not going to stay that way. I see. And it goes back to where, what's the problem that you're really passionate about solving and what are you good at? Like mm-hmm. if you're a great chef, oh, there's awesome little edibles coming out of this. If you're a great grower or mm-hmm. a consultant or you love compliance or tech guy or retail, man, there's a, there's really opportunity for you. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, man. Well, hey, man, it's been a great episode. It's been I, a blast. I, I really appreciate you coming here and uh, coming all the way from Santa Cruz to Denver. Yeah, man, my pleasure. Um, uh, we we'd love to have you back sometime. I'm really for interested sure. in how it, how it's going to go for you in the future. Yeah. yeah, we are too. We're very excited, and we we love what you guys are doing. And anytime we can get back to Denver and talk to listeners around the world, it's a pleasure, man. All right. Well, you're always welcome. Thanks, man. All right. Well, hey, thanks for joining us on this episode of The Real Dirt. If you'd like to uh, download this episode of others, go to therealdirt.com or iTunes, The Real Dirt Podcast. Thanks again. Stay high. The Real Dirt with Chip Baker. Thank you for joining us today on The Real Dirt. Well, it was a great conversation with Socrates. Uh, you know, he just called us up a couple weeks ago and wanted to be on the show. Uh, I ch- chatted with him on the phone. He seemed like a really cool dude and flew all the way here from Santa Cruz. I, I thought he was going to join us on the phone. Um, so I really appreciate him coming over here. I hope you guys uh, got motivated, man. I got pumped on chatting with him on entrepreneurship, on slow progression in business, and, uh, oh, man, just his story and the success of it all. So if you're interested in this episode or future episodes, download it on iTunes, The Real Dirt Podcast, or TheRealDirt.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Cultivate Colorado and Growers, Soil and Nutrients. Thanks again. 